It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, we're uh, up and running on a Monday. It is uh, Overreaction Monday, as Ben B-Baby Byram likes to uh, call it. Uh, a little Monday hey, ben. afternoon quarterback. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, you thought you you were kind of fired. You know, you got fired up when he said something to you that time, right? Like, hey, hey, Ben, play the audio. But then how about when he said this? How about those freaking pirates? How about them? He almost threw the podium across the room. He did. If it were nailed down, he'd have un- unhinged it. I know Chris was jumping. He he probably jumped twenty feet when that happened in the room. It was like Chris. What what Coach Houston said this? What did you do? What did you do? How about those freaking pirates? Did oh, you jump? I the, can see you jumping. The sleepiness that had overtaken me at twelve in the morning <laughs> had left me after that. Oh, it was a late night. Undoubtedly, it was a late night. I I. We got it at a certain point on the network for the post game, and I, I I said to Ben, I said Ben, I'm gonna we're gonna do it right, but we're gonna try to do it as economically as possible. I know you were ready to go home. I always. It's been a always. long night for me and Patrick. Yeah, the, the game days are a little are lengthy. I mean, it's a passion project. It's a passion project. Um, but hey, what a win! Enough about us. How about the pi- How about them? Those friggin' pirates! How about those friggin' pirates? How about them? What a comeback! Absolutely, third largest comeback in the history of the uh, program. Down seventeen nothing, and not looking great. East Carolina emerges uh, with the win, and now they'll get UCF. But uh, this is Coach his opening statement following uh, the big victory for the Pirates in quadruple overtime on Saturday night. Okay. Well, we'll get that. uh, (laughs) Oh, that's not a good sound. As you can hear. Do we have the circle of death? Because we have the circle of death. Not quite the circle of death, but I I, I think it's trying to work itself (laughs) out here. Technical issues. I mean, put a quarter in or feed the squirrels. Do something, Ben. Come on. Um, yeah, I mean, just just a tremendous game. And I mean, even if you look at what the Pirates had to do with what they did defensively, and a kicker kicking for the first time, and some pressure kicks, and uh, the Pirates with a really excellent drive, and how Keaton Mitchell went bonkers uh, late in the game with touchdowns, and some of the moves he was making. I mean, he looked like. Vintage Keaton Mitchell. And, I mean, look, give Memphis credit. They came back last drive. I mean, that was a great drive by Seth Hennigan. I mean, he he made some bad plays. Got picked off twice. He'd only been picked off once the entire season. One of those a pick six that uh, helped the Pirates to the win. But uh, Coach Coach Houston's thoughts after the game. But that's, that's what the story is tonight. So you can ask me whatever frig you want to. Okay, there's been a ton of doubters. It's been a rough week. 
okay? But the friggin' Pirates bowed their back and won a big ball game tonight, and we're going to celebrate it. So throw them at me. Let's hear it. <laughs> I love that, man. So, uh, look, down 17 zip, East Carolina, and then Julius Wood. It's uh, it's hard to get a pick six in the game of college football. And Julius Wood, who was named the defensive player of the week in the American for this play primarily here. And uh, he got it, and he took it to the house. And, look, that was one of the things that really helped the Pirates. Uh, ben, let's roll that beautiful bean footage of the Julius Wood pick six. Can he get long count? Gets the snap. He's in the pocket. He's looking. He throws over the middle, and it is incomplete and picked off. Off the hands of the Memphis receiver. Picked off by the Pirates inside the 20, inside the 15, to the 10, to the 5. In. Touchdown. ECU. It's Julius Wood. Wow. What How about a that catch. return? <laughs> and the return is he was zigging and zagging his way, making Tigers miss. And Hennigan, who's thrown only one interception all year, throws his second here tonight. That ball bounced off a Tiger receiver right into the hands of Julius Wood out of Columbus, Ohio, in Blinn Junior College. His first touchdown as a Pirate, and a big one it is. The Pirates now have closed to within a point. Of course, they would tie it, and then uh, we went into the fourth overtime. This is the uh, two-point throw, courtesy of the ECU Sports Radio Network. Holt Nailers to C.J. Johnson, who had a Houston defender trying to disrobe him in the end zone. From the three-yard line, Ehlers brings him out. Pirates looking to take the lead. Jones snaps it back. Here's Holton looking. He's going to throw it in the end zone. Man is out there. Catches the ball. Caught in the end zone. Well, great catch. C.J. Johnson. Great catch, but 19 flags should have come out on that play. He had a fistful of C.J. Johnson's jersey, and not a flag came out. That's, that's not good, but great job of him concentrating and still making the catch. 47-45 Pirates were in the fourth overtime. And now all the pressure on Memphis. They have to answer. And uh, this was the Memphis attempt. So, again, in the overtime rules, 25-yard line, you got the uh, four downs to keep the drive going. Or, you know, you score. And then you could kick or go for two. Uh, but you have that option to kick it. And then in the second overtime possession, if there is one, like there was Saturday night, you have to go for two. Uh, then from that point on, it's all two, it's a two-point conversion game. You line up from three yards out and and go in. And I understand why they do that. Now, it does seem a little interesting that you would say, <laughs> we're going to go for two, because that gets pretty physical. I know the idea is you don't want to play your safety and you don't want to go a bunch of overtimes and get a bunch of extra snaps in, but. The, the veracity of the snaps might also needed to be considered, but uh, it's a big boy football when you get to that point uh, of the third overtime and beyond. But this was the Memphis answer in the Pirate uh, victory all in one call here. Memphis is heading into the Clark family boneyard, and they're making a lot of noise. The Pirates seem to be a little bit confused. they got to get lined up. Memphis has to score here to get it into a fifth overtime. Here's Hennigan. He's in the pocket. He looks. He's going to throw it. Overthrows it. Pirates win. You can paint this with purple. Oh, my goodness. 
47-45. Wow. So uh, what a win. What a victory for the Pirates. Uh, Coach Houston with uh, kind of his recap of the overtime. Oh, it's, oh, it's incredible. I mean, it's, you know, the guys that are at practice, you know, they see Tuesday practices. We start practice with uh, a drill called five shots, and we run five two-point conversions from the three-yard line to start start practice, you know, good on good. Uh, but the reason we started doing that this year is because of the overtime rule change where you go to the two-point shootout. And I just thought that we, we weren't getting enough looks, uh, you know, two-point plays offensively and defensively uh, throughout the season. Uh, and so we started that back during preseason camp. And, boy, you talk about paying off. I mean, our, our kids were very comfortable down there. Um, and I know that they hit a couple of them, but, uh, you know, it, we, we converted and we, you know, made the stop when we had to. And then Holt Naylor's uh, here in Cut 9 talks about that very drill being part of the reason the Pirates had success in overtime. Yeah, we were just so locked in. Um, you know, coaches do a really good job of, you know, during the week we have something called five shots, and it's literally uh, three point or two-point plays from the three-yard line. Uh, going back and forth the defense five times in a row. And, uh, I mean, and clearly that helped us tonight. So it was a really good job by the team. Um, and then there was uh, Holt Naylor's perspective of the final overtime play. Fade ball um, on the outside to TIG there. Um, they doubled it. And I got a shallow to the basic, to the hitch. And then and Keaton's my – fourth or fifth read on that, um, and obviously made a really good play. Um, so, you know, once you get to that last read, it's either it's either him or you got to run it or something. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad he, he caught the ball and made a play there and got us in the end zone. Uh, and then uh, Julius Woods with uh, what went down for the uh, pick six. Um, it was a good interception. Uh, a pre-Washington, he tipped it up, and I had to just go get it out the air. And once I seen uh, – Green grass, I knew it was time to go to the house. So it was people trying to tackle me while I was on the way there, and they didn't do a good job. Uh, Keaton Mitchell uh, talked about how tough practice was going into the game last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this week was a tough practice. Uh, we just had to get our mojo back all week, um, make sure everybody clicking, make sure everybody on the same page, O-line. Uh, wide receivers, quarterback, just making sure everybody on the same page as well with the coaches. So, Hey, a win's a win. Uh, a lot of positives to take out of it and some teachable things as well. And, uh, look, I-, I think a win that will – you'll look back at uh, it at the end of the season and say that was a real watershed moment for this roster because I think it instills belief. Look, I, last year – the comeback against Marshall set the tone for the rest of the season. Doesn't mean that the Pirates won every single game, but it set a tone of we can have success in close games. We have the ability to come back. This was a conference game. Now, granted, you were at home, but you're in a conference game where those games are just inherently tougher. It's an opponent that you've had a lot of tight game recent history with. Look no further than last year, 30-29. to 29. In double overtime in Mem- or in overtime in Memphis, uh, and look, it, it, it was it, to to get that victory is a huge, huge shift in the season uh, because now it, it puts you a little closer to bowl eligibility. 
you know, you're sitting at fourth right now. I, I don't know. And, you know, there's the tie-breaking situation, so I, I don't know how all that would would play out. Obviously, other people have to win out. But a couple of teams, if your goal is and, and should be to still get to the conference championship as one of the two teams, you do have some teams in front of you that you can knock off. Now, you've lost to one of them in Tulane, who impressively won uh, this past weekend. And this was uh, <laughs> this was Jeff Scott, the USF coach, after after their loss to Tulane, 45-31. Uh, bye week is coming at a good time. Uh, we're definitely uh, need, to, need to get healthy. Got a lot of guys that uh, need to get back to full speed. And as a staff, we need to use this time to uh, reevaluate what we're asking our guys to do. Uh, because, uh, you know, just definitely uh, not enough uh, clean execution out there. So a lot of problems in uh, South Florida or more like Gulf Coast, Central Florida. But but still, you get you get what I'm saying. So um, tough times there. But, hey, Tulane is is kind of the, the, the leader of the pack right now. But you do have UCF starting this weekend, and you do have Cincinnati still on the docket in a road game. The The Knights are, are really, really good. I, I think they and Cincinnati are the two most talented teams in a league where there's a lot of talent. Defensively, they're lights out in their only loss. They only allowed 20 points. That's the most points they've allowed. And they have now kind of the last couple of weeks figured it out on offense. They rolled up a ton of points on a bad Tulane uh, Tul- uh, uh, Temple team, and they were able to get the offense going against a uh, hurt and depleted SMU team, but them's the breaks. There's a lot of, <clears throat> it seems like, banged up ECU guys. You're going to have that this time of year, but boy, it just seemed like a lot of guys went down in that game for both sides. Just a very physical game. And so you got to recover, you got to get back and, and be ready for another physical game on uh, on Saturday. A uh, quick thought on our uh, esteemed football panel, a couple of uh, dorks and their perspective, Ben B-Baby Byram, any final thoughts post-mortem for ECU the other night? Uh, well, I just think, uh, you know, a lot of talk amongst Pirate fans was, you know, Houston doesn't have that signature win. I think Definitely, that was a pretty good win. Yeah, I would say this was that, a pretty that good win. <laughs> that definitely stands the test of time. Would be a signature win, especially if we can find a way to get that bowl eligibility. That's a win we look back on, like you said, yeah, and realize yeah. that was a turning tide of the season and a big moment in the tenure of Mike Houston here at East Carolina. How definitely about those of pirates? <laughs> That's what he says, Ben. Yeah, get, Cowboys, get out of here. Pirates are in town. Uh, cookie. There was a point when they went down uh, that I was convinced it was over, and I was like, oh, God, my last game recap is going to be just me crapping on them the whole time. Whoa! Could could not believe that they uh, came back. I'm very impressed. Uh, And, I mean, it showed that they got a lot of heart. Like, there's no denying that they got heart now after that. Okay. Good stuff. How about them Pirates, baby? Yeah, they competed. Coach G? <clears throat> they did. Indeed, they did. All right. Um, we'll break here. And uh, I'm anxious to get into a little something here. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that we had planned. We, we almost needed to maybe do a, start doing three-hour shows on Monday. 
<clears throat> of course, we can't have three-hour meetings and then have three-hour shows, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but there's some real interesting things going on with Ben Byram's favorite professional team. Oh, uh-uh. gosh. Uh-uh. And we'll get into some of that next. Luda! Ludacris going in on the verse because I've never been defeated and I won't stop now. Keep your hands up. Dan Patrick mornings. Adam Gold middays. Patrick Johnson on the way home. The best sports talk lineup in the Pirate Nation is heard right here. Right, let's go. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Woo-hoo! More of the Patrick Johnson show is coming up. 94.3 The Game is your ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates host UCF this Saturday. And you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurant. It's picked off! We are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for pirate football. 94.3 The Game. Like us on Facebook for breaking sports stories and the latest from around the Pirate Nation. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's 94.3 The Game's Facebook page. Like us and follow us there today. Robbie Anderson has been a choking dog since he rolled into Charlotte. You think he was playing this song on the way out of the stadium after that game? Well... I don't know if he was playing this song or not, but I will tell you this. Robbie Anderson and I do have something in common. We like to uh, get out of Panthers games early. Just like to get out of them because, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's, it's just brutal. Was that a fake laugh, that, Cookie? Oh, that was 100% a fake laugh. Ben, that was pretty good, wasn't it? Hey, convince me. I thought, oh, that's a weird laugh, but I just thought that's how he laughed. But, I mean, I thought that was a good line on my part, right? I thought it was pretty good. I give that yeah. a 4 out of 10 or a 3 out of 10. Okay, wow. Cookie, your mic's off for the next few minutes. He's switched um, off. Good, good. Doesn't need to talk. Nobody needs to hear from him. The um, Basically, Robbie Anderson got into a shouting match with his position coach, Ben. Is that what I'm to understand? Uh, yes, sir. You got it. And Steve Wilkes said, I've had enough. Look, I'll give Steve Wilkes credit. He he's, doesn't seem like he's putting up with a bunch of nonsense. You know? Absolutely. I mean, he's he's running a tight ship here. It's a vast uh, contrast uh, compared to Matt Rule here early in the season. Who so was a Robbie told Rob, guy. He told Robbie Anderson to hit the road. Get to the locker room. You're not standing out here while we get our brains beat in. Yeah, who needs an extension? Get out of here. I don't care. Right. Steve Wilkes, though, says, I'm not talking about the Robbie Anderson situation. I'm going to say this, is that um, no one is bigger than the team, and I'm not going to focus and put a lot of attention on one individual. Uh, We can talk about the game. We can talk about situations within the game. We can talk about the things we're going to do moving forward, but I'm not putting a lot of energy into one individual. And one of those things moving forward might be to trade Robbie Anderson. I spoke with Robbie today, uh, had a good conversation with him, uh, wished him well, and he's excited about uh, his new opportunity, and uh, I'm sure he's going to go out there and do well. Uh, I, I don't want to really uh, allude to anything beyond that. Uh, once again, you know, I wished him well. Uh, he's excited about his opportunity, and I know he's going to go out there and do a great job. 
Get him out. He of didn't here. really. He really didn't have to get on the plane. He could have just stayed out there, and you know, he I might have. For all there, we yeah. know, I'll give Steve Wilkes credit. I mean, he's if he doesn't like you or you're a problem, you're done. Showing a little uh, testicular fortitude. Panthers need that. They need that. We've got players have gotten away with so much for so long under the Matt Rowe era, especially Robbie Anderson. He's Exhibit A. I mean, that needed to be done, especially to change that culture, whether he's the coach or not. Yeah, what's and they that? Got prob- they got problems in Arizona, and this might just add to them. Robbie Absolutely. Anderson says, "I don't know why I was pulled from the game. I have no idea." Hit it. I have no idea, you know. But you know, one thing I do. And I always stand on and continue to do as I get my all and everything that I do with this game, you know. I don't play this game for money, I don't play this game for fame, things like that. I play this game because I love the game of football, you know what I'm saying? And regardless of what's been going on the past week, I always keep my head down and keep working, you know. So all I want to do is help us win the Super Bowl. And that's all I want to do. That's my ultimate goal to play in this game, you know. So I'm never going to belittle myself from that aspect or let my character be diminished and be misunderstood because that's really all it is. And then Robbie Anderson was, and this is all after the game yesterday prior to the trade, asked about the quote-unquote fight. Yeah, you know, um, you know, my job is and I'm here to do all I can to help us win. It's third down. I'm being taken out of the game. You know, I don't think I should be okay with that. You know what I'm saying? So... I made a comment, it's money down. Why am I being taken out? And that's that. Robbie Anderson, a problem from the jump as soon as he got in Charlotte. Well, he, he became a problem when Matt Rule got hired. Would you agree with that, Ben? I do agree. And uh, if you noticed last week in his press conference, post-game press conference uh, comments, especially after Matt Rule got fired, or during the week during the press conference, uh, he was not happy about that. He knew Matt Rule was his security blanket. And when he was yeah. gone... Um, you could tell, like, his demeanor completely changed. Yeah. yeah. By the way, he so, says he doesn't do it for the money. He had the most expensive chain I've ever seen on during that <laughs> post-game press conference. He was iced out. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Um, Cookie, where, uh, look, I would pull a Wilkes with Cookie right this second if I could. What, you kick me out of the door right now? Kick you out of the door, then I'd trade your ass. How oh, about God. that? That's what I would do. Good luck finding another Cookie. I'd I'd trade you for some cookies. How about that? That's what there I would. Go. Do. That's all I'm worth around here. Yeah, that's what I would trade. Oh, uh, nice. All down on him. So, <laughs> well, look, he needs to be down on his Packers, and I'm down on his Packers. Oh, they're horrible. I picked him to. I picked him to go to the Super Bowl this year. They're, that was a dumb move. Uh, they're dumb. pathetic. They're absolutely dumb. pathetic offensively. Defensively, I'm happy. Uh, offensively, like, I, and I don't think enough blame is placed on Aaron Rodgers. Never. Uh, The game of the weekend, for my money, was uh, the high-scoring affair between uh, Tennessee and Alabama. And this is Josh Heupel, the old uh, UCF coach, after the uh, field goal from 40 yards. His time was expiring. Tonight, obviously, was for our our players, but um, it's for our former players. Um, It's for our donors. It's for our fans. Um, I know how much this has meant um, to the people of, of Tennessee and Ball Nation, and, and uh, so excited that uh, we are coming out with the win. Nick Saban says we could not stop Tennessee. 
and we could not stop them. Could not stop them. Could not stop them. <laughs> I love to see him upset. There was something on the beginning of that that I had to cut out. Let's just say some right. very foul language was used. Some very foul language. <laughs> That's great. Play that again, Ben. That's so good. And we could not stop him. Could not stop him. Could not stop him. Ben, you got to save that one. That's a save for a future drop. How about those freaking pri- pirates? And then we need that one for sure. <laughs> we need to get on it. That's so funny. Uh, look, I- I'd love to get into Dave Doran and NC State. It's just funny. Look, I understand all fans are fickle. and But, I mean, they were talking... We're going to the playoff this year. Were they not, Ben? Were they not, Cookie? They, they were say saying that every we're going. Year. Fans, yeah, well, no, they meant it this year. State they fans are the most annoying college football fans in the state. I'm, I stand by that. They were going to the playoff. This, and, and now Devin Leary's hurt, and I hate it for Devin Leary. But now, you know, it's the coach's fault and the player's fault. If you're that good and you're going to compete, I mean, they can't even win the division. But they were going to win the championship in the ACC, and they were going to go to the playoff. And I'm surprised they're still in the top 25 right now. That's, uh, that's oh, that's insane. a joke. Much yeah, longer. They're still in it. They will not be much longer. Tulane's in it for the first time in a while, so good for them. I think since the last, and they're undefeated this late in the season since '98. Uh, I think it was when they when they went undefeated that year. I believe you have 10. that right. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, really cool stuff there. I'd love to get into the, the NC State thing a little more for all the Woofy fans who love to listen and, and, and hear me hack on them and then blow me up on the Always Anonymous text line. It's not the one, the guy who thinks I'm talking about him, there's others too. Oh, there's multiple, uh, and, yeah. And then, look, I, I know you're going to say, here goes uh, Dookie PJ again. <laughs> but the heels got every break imaginable in that one. Well, when you talk about NC State and, you know, national championship hopes and winning the ACC, you can throw UNC in that category if they're fans. I mean, they always have high expectations, and then they dial it back as the season goes on. Football they were all juiced about last year, and that didn't go well. And they have come back this year, and they have been been excellent. Uh, Always anonymous text line, cookie for president, cookie, cookie, cookie. Uh, Oh, wait, what? Okay, I can get down with that. On that note, we'll grab a quick uh, 94.3 The Game Sports Flash update, and then Jeremy Lewis joins us to talk about the uh, Pirates' big win on Saturday. Looking forward to having him, courtesy of the Team Boneyard Collective. Right now, Ben, with an update. Thanks, Patrick. An epic comeback for East Carolina on Saturday night for homecoming as the Pirates knock off the Memphis Tigers in four overtimes in Daddy Ficklin Stadium, 47-45. to Coach Mike Houston obviously amped after that win and fired up. Houston with his opening statement after that really, really huge win. But that's that's what the story is tonight. So you can ask me whatever the frig you want to, okay? There's been a ton of doubters. It's been a rough week, okay? But the friggin' Pirates bowed their back and won a big ball game tonight, and we're going to celebrate it. So throw them at me. Let's hear it. Great stuff by Coach Houston there. Pirates staged the third largest comeback in school history. Pirates junior defensive back Julius Wood had a pick six for East Carolina, who trailed 17 to zip. He talked specifically about what was going on in his head when he got that pick six. Um, it was a good interception. Uh, a pre-Washington, he tipped it up, and I had to just go get it out the air. And once I seen uh, green grass, I knew it was time to go to the house. So it was people trying to tackle me while I was on the way there. And they didn't do a good job. 
Wood honored as the American Defensive Player of the Week after registering 11 tackles in that pick six to cap off the comeback. Keith Mitchell, running back, was also honored after three rushing touchdowns in that game. He received an honorable mention by the conference. ECU hosts UCF on Saturday night at 7.30. The Knights are an opening five-point favorite in that one for entertainment purposes only. We'll bring you live pregame coverage of our Pirate Game Day countdown beginning at 4 o'clock with ECU football legend Terrence Copper and Patrick Johnson live from right outside Town Bank Tower. Be sure to stop by and say hello. In the meantime, elsewhere in college football, a couple American conference teams sneak in the AP Top 25. Tulane, who's 6-1, cracks the list, sitting at eight, at 25. Cincinnati stays at 21 after sitting at 5-1. Teams from the state in the Top 25. Wake Forest rank as the best team in the state of North Carolina by AP at 13. UNC, after their win over Duke, improved to 22 after being unranked. And NC State, right behind those pesky heels at 23, dropping eight spots in the poll. The Carolina Panthers have some issues after their 24-10 loss to the LA Rams. Robbie Anderson left the game early after a fight with his receivers coach. He was promptly traded earlier today to the Arizona Cardinals for what was described as draft compensation. Robbie Anderson, after the game, says he doesn't know why he was taken out of the game and pulled from the game during that loss to the LA Rams. I have no idea, you know, but you know, one thing I do and I always stand on and continue to do is I get my all in everything that I do with this game, you know. I don't play this game for money, I don't play this game for fame, things like that. I play this game because I love the game of football. Interim head coach Steve Wilkes spoke to the media earlier today about the Robbie Anderson trade. Here's his comments on getting rid of Robbie Anderson and shipping him to Arizona. I spoke with Robbie today, uh, had a good conversation with him. Uh, wished him well, and he's excited about uh, his new opportunity, and uh, I'm sure he's going to go out there and do well. Uh, I, I don't want to really uh, allude to anything beyond that. Uh, once again, you know, I wished him well. Uh, he's excited about his opportunity, and I know he's going to go out there and do a great job. And the Carolina Hurricanes are back on the ice tonight when they take on the Seattle Kraken. The team won their last game against the Sharks 2-1, while the Kraken are coming off a 5-2 loss to the Golden Knights. The Canes are 2-0 on the season. Puck drops tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern over in Seattle. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. This 94th of the game sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. Later, side this quick timeout, we'll talk to the Pirate defensive end Jeremy Lewis with the P-Man right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Online or on the go, Love it. log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day, you need to tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Get the latest on the East Carolina Pirates each day on the Patrick Johnson Show with our daily Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports, 94.3 The Game. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kuja with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. The Team Boneyard Collective uh, bringing us Jeremy Lewis, ECU defensive end. I think he ought to be playing both ways. You ought to be playing two-way U is what you ought to be playing. Uh, Jeremy Lewis with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. It's great to see you, young man. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I can't complain. I'm uh, well. And look, hey, 
What a win for the Pirates against UCF. It was looking a little bleak, uh, but then uh, you had a big sack, and there was a couple big interceptions, and uh, just a, a huge game for the Pirates. Yeah, very, very big game. You know, we've been in that situation before. Last year, we was in overtime with them. So, you know, we was more than prepared, you know, to do another overtime game. And, you know, we had a great two-point conversion team. So we was able to get a stop on two on that two-point play and come out on top. What do you think of the uh, overtime uh, where you go and, you know, it's like a regular play, 25 yards, you kick the point, extra point on the first OT. Then you got to go for two on the second OT now. And then it's two-point conversions from there on out. I mean, that's you guys are just making a living off the goal line stand. So I guess no sweat for the Pirates defensively. But, I mean, that's yeah. a lot of pressure to stop that two-point play in, in that situation, I have to imagine. Yeah, it's it's the, the rules are crazy, you know, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, we both get the same opportunity. Our offense get to go out there, and their offense get to go. So, then our, our, our defense, their defense. So, we all get to go out there, and we all get to try to execute. So, I mean, I'm fine with whatever, you know, just got to go out there and make plays and do what we do. It's worlds better than what they do in the NFL. I mean, that's yeah. just that's just what there there is to it. Who's your NFL team, by the way, Jeremy? Who do you root for? Uh oh, uh oh, Jeremy's 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 hesitating here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> see, see, growing up, growing up, I gotta say the Patriots because I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Okay, Tom Brady. so I mean, when Tom Brady left and he went to Tampa Bay, I gotta, you know, what I'm saying I gotta go with him. You gotta follow TB12. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Man. Hey, look, it's it, it, we root for. It's like you go to the school for the coach. We root for players. We don't, uh, you know, we 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 might not root for the team necessarily, but we oh, root definitely. for. We all have favorite players, so. Well, good, uh, and and they got the Panthers covered. There are a lot of Panthers fans on this pirate roster, by the way, or not really. We got a couple Panthers fans. I know uh, who's a Panthers fan. I know CJ. CJ's a big Panthers really? fan. Really, yes. really. CJ's a big Panthers fan. Yeah, so that's the only one I can think of right now on top of my head. Okay, we got you. Uh, by the way, Jeremy Lewis joining us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. I don't want to get too far from the game and then circle back to it. There's plenty of time to talk about some of this more enjoyable, fun stuff. Uh, yeah. But it's seventeen nothing at one point. It's yeah. not looking real good. What what's the what is the dialogue like at least among the defensive guys at seventeen zip Saturday night? So we knew that like even though it was seventeen zero, our offense was moving the ball, moving the ball, moving the ball, and you know something and it just you know something that happened. So we knew that we we kept playing, we kept balling. They was eventually gonna start clicking, and it was gonna eventually punt. Like put something in, so you know the defense. We was just trying to keep our heads up. You know, next play, no matter no matter what the score is, no matter if we're up seventeen or we're down seventeen, we're still trying to stay with that same fire, that same mentality. So we was able to, you know, get a couple of stops, get some turnovers. You know, the offense they finally started clicking, and then you know things just start rolling. So the mindset, you know, don't change, never back down. You know, just keep playing the next play. Let me ask you this: um, You guys go for it on uh, on a punt, pretty deep on uh, fake punt. Now look, if that works, everybody's you know everybody's hype and everything. Yeah. So, but I mean that put a lot of pressure on you guys there, did it not? I mean, it put a, it put a little bit of pressure. You know, we, practiced, <laughs> we, we, we practiced we practiced sudden change, you know. Yeah, and we were very confident, you know, very confident in our uh, in our team, you know, in the players we had on the field. You know, we practiced we practiced that fake punt plenty of times, so it wasn't like we was just you know trying to wing something like no we, we we knew we could go out there and execute but you know the other team they get scholarships too and they had they was in they was in a position to make a play but you know i don't fought that at all on yeah. anybody you know, next time we can just just got to be better and execute what do you uh what's this what, why have you guys been so successful on the goal line stands this year now coach harold say we shouldn't have let him down there to begin with 
Yeah. But uh, why is it that this defense has had a handful of goal line stands this season? Man, it's hard to even, like, you can't even come up with a reason for that. Like, you just got to want to do it. You just got to have that will, you know, to, like, never give up. Like, just, you know, it's just balls to the wall. Now you just got to go out there and you got to, it's not over yet. It's another defensive snap. Just like trying to block a PAT. It's another defensive snap. You just got to go and you just got to execute, do your job. We've got uh, Jeremy Lewis with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show, the South Central Falcon, ECU Pirate defensive end. Uh, we've got UCF coming up. I know you, you guys have just sort of worked on yourselves going into today. You'll start that really heavy UCF study, I think, uh, as far as game plan, and I would guess tomorrow, maybe a little bit on, on UCF, I'm not sure. But do you have kind of a first thought, first reaction on, UC, on UCF? Could be a defensive game because their defense is really good. Oh, yeah, their defense is really good, and their offense is really explosive. You know, they, they do anything. Like, they try a whole lot of things. Uh, big on the RPO game, fast quarterback, fast receivers. Uh, they got a good old, good old line. And, you know, we just got to be on our P's and Q's, ready to play this game. Got to lock in mentally, you know, physically, and be ready be ready to stop this high-powered offense. I got you. Well, that's coming up Saturday night. You like under the lights? Is that? Oh, yeah. I like, yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with playing at night. Like, if, I had a, if I had to choose, I had to prefer, I would much rather play at 12 o'clock every game. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> Go ahead and get that's it just, over with. You don't want to yeah. wait around all day. No, nah, I don't. Gee, yeah. So anxious waking up that morning, you know, it's game day. Let's go do it. But yeah, you no, know, it is what it is. All right. Uh, Jeremy, let's, let's get back to a few things here. I want, I want to dig in on a few things. Jeremy sure. Lewis here with us, courtesy of the uh, team Boneyard collective today. Let me ask you this. Um, you got you a South central guy, right? Yes, sir. You got a couple Conley guys. It's well noted on there. Uh, Holton okay. and CJ, who we've talked about already. Are there any rampants, current ramp, ex-rampants on the roster? Can you think of any? I don't think they are. I think all of them are somewhere rampant. else, right? No, there's no, yeah, no rampants. Okay. Uh, any any other guys you guys played in high school that are on the roster, that you uh, played in high school on the roster? Got some Jaguars, some Farmville Central. Okay. Farmville. Yeah. Keziah Everett came from Farmville. That's right. Um, Some Havlock, you know, some Havlock guys, some yeah. guys. Are those like, Havlock guys? Do they still talk a lot? Are they still uh, they still chat a lot. Those Havlock guys. Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, <laughs> Shad Stroder and uh, Avery Jones. Though those those guys are funny. Yeah, those guys they're good guys. Uh, dang. So give me the Pitt County thing. I mean, because obviously you you Greenville guy, school in Winterville, played Conley. Did you intersect any with Holton or, or CJ in high school? Or you probably did a little bit, didn't? You? Not really, not okay. as much. Not as not as much like not as no, nah, not as much. We were enemies back then, you know. Well no, but I <laughs> but, mean did you did you guys overlap when you were playing when they were playing? Did, was there some of that? Oh, did we play each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I, me and CJ me and CJ, we 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 came in uh high school to the same year, so we played okay. each other every year. Did, have you gotten to know him? Obviously you have gotten to know him better, but I mean how what what did you think of CJ when you kinda first laid so eyes I, on him? I've actually known CJ since like middle school. Okay. So we we grew up. We play AAU with each other, basketball with each other. Okay. So we 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 knew each other way back before this all this even started. Yeah. So then we got to high school, you know, football, everything. Like we didn't we didn't really talk during the school year in high school as much as we did during like the summer because we played basketball with each other during the summer. Right. But 
they're not like during football season now we didn't really talk as much you know it was a business thing it wasn't like nothing <laughs> right nothing, yeah. nothing personal it was just we on the other sides of the ball yeah it's still yeah. boy to the end of, to the end of this day so but nah like it, it definitely we definitely got close we definitely spoke more like once we got to college yeah so is cj a baller can he play oh yeah he can play he can jump he can jump out the gym but who's got a ring who's got a ring we got the ring. <laughs> we got the ring. Who's got a ring? Yeah, Jeremy Lewis, state champion. Jeremy Lewis, you could always say that, right? There. How good was that basketball team? I mean, you were – because you probably could have played college basketball. It was ridiculous. We were ridiculous. You know, we we were so good. There's times I go back and don't see how we don't got three or four rings. You know, like, yeah. like De'Ron Sharp, the best big man in the country we had – we had Shaquem Phillips, our uh, great guard. guard. Yeah, he's playing for UNCW right now, and he just made a big impact on them. Like right when he got there, he they started winning. Like they went from not winning to winning right when he got from right. uh, point. My point guard, like he's also like my best friend, Joseph Baker. He went and played at the next level as well. He played at Elizabeth City State, and you know he was going there doing his thing, ballings like. And then uh, God rest his soul, our uh, small forward, Shaquan Jones. He was – he jumped out the gym as well. You know, he was 6'6". He was long. He could do anything, yeah. like shoot, drive, anything. We was just very versatile. And we all, like – we had so much chemistry because we all played each other all our life. Like, I've known those guys since, like, elementary school, third grade. Yeah. Like, those guys grew up playing on the same AAU teams and then playing in middle school with each other. Like, like our whole – like, our, our starting lineup all went to middle school with each other, so they all – been playing with each other like i was the only one that didn't go to middle school with them so i went to eba cock and they all went to ag cocks so they've been playing with each other since the seventh grade so i mean did you know dayron would go to the league to the league yeah when you were playing with him oh, did you know he'd oh, be in the league everybody yeah everybody knew. okay i'm just asking we didn't, we didn't treat him no differently like because of that like we didn't try to like hollywood or nothing like he right. was still just like one of the guys and he didn't act any different either like he didn't he didn't carry himself a different kind of way. He acted like a normal kid. Like he didn't try to act Hollywood. Yeah, he great. Deron's a great dude. Like, but yeah, we all like we all knew. And he didn't he didn't brag or boast or he didn't act like he was going to the league. He still worked and grind every day. Like he still had something to chase. But we all seen it in him. Like we seen the potential for sure. Yeah, uh, that's that's awesome stuff. There's a great uh, basketball team. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, and uh, I, I want to ask you a little bit about South Central football. Uh, I saw you in a Rose win uh, or a, a South Central win over Rose make probably one of the greatest catches in the end zone. Uh, yeah. I can still see it right now because I was calling the game. Uh, do you remember that catch? It was kind of a laying out catch in the end zone. Do you remember that catch against Rose? Very, I remember that. What happened? Was it just the guy threw it only where you could get it, or did you make the quarterback look good there? What What really happened, Jeremy Lewis? <laughs> uh, uh, he threw a good ball. He threw a good ball, and I just – when Coach called to play, like, I knew it was coming to me. So, you know, I was just trying to make a good release, you know, and just go up and get yeah. it back in, back, in, back in my days. It, as great as you were uh, offensively, I always thought you were natural uh, as a defensive player. And obviously you made the switch from mm -hmm. offense to defense in college. Um, but it just seemed to me, and watching you, the you know, a couple times I saw you in high school in person, that your instinct was defense. You just seemed like a natural defensive end and obviously i think that's panned out now right yes sir i mean coming into college at first i i i had what i had offers for both so i right, didn't yeah. really know, i didn't really want to like i didn't really know what i wanted to play like so 
I came into college and I had the opportunity in front of me to actually play as a freshman if I was to play offense. And at the time, you know, me being, you know, boastful, like, oh, I want to. You were Hollywood. You were Hollywood. Yeah, (laughs) I wanted I didn't I didn't really know about red shirting or developing my body or, you know, I'm like, I I didn't really I wasn't really thinking or knew anything like that. All I knew was, oh, I could play as a freshman. Let's do it. Because on defensive side of the ball, I had some real good players in front of me. Then that's when Kenneth Futrell, Chance Purvis, Channing, all all those guys were here. So I was just like, either I can sit behind those guys and not play this year, or, and we needed some tight ends. And coach was like, "Can you do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do that. Like, if I if I gotta play tight end to see the field, I could play tight end." So, at the time, like, if I knew what I know now, I probably would have said no. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, I, it wasn't for me. You know, I could, yeah. I just I was trying to do what I could do. You know, help the team win, and that's what I did. So and you feel more comfortable on defense? Almost definitely. It was always it was way more natural. I was able to like. After the first two seasons, getting banged up a lot, you know, having rough, rough first two seasons, you know, I, had, I was able to sit coach down. I was like, I think it's about that time, you know, for me to go back and do what I want to do. And I was able to come in. I was able to win out that spring, that summer, and win out that starting job. And I was able to uh, gain some trust. So I made some plays. Let me uh, ask you before we let you go here, what do you think uh, the team needs to do? And maybe even you need to do. Uh to, you know, kind of win out and have the type of season you all want to have as, as you come off that big victory? In other words, what uh, what do you all need to do to kind of finish this season strong? Um, we got to keep keep the main thing the main thing. Stay focused, stay locked in. You know, can't get big-headed, just like beat Memphis. But then you got to, after we beat Memphis, Memphis we got to turn around and play UCF. And, you know, great team. You know, we can't we can't take any days off. We got to stay laser focused, laser like stay locked in, keep practicing hard, tr- uh, treatment, like, you know, just staying focused, like physically and mentally. Like, I feel like that was one thing that we like we we didn't do uh, last week as well versus Tulane. So we didn't stay mentally focused and it showed on the field. Like, and once we stay locked in and we stay as a unit, as a team, we're going we're going we're going to be able to execute and hopefully it'll help us out. Jeremy Lewis here, courtesy of the uh, Team Boneyard Collective. Jeremy, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for uh, the time. I hope we can do it again down the road, and good luck the rest of the way. Sir, thank you. And his appearance is courtesy Team Boneyard, which provides fans with a platform to compensate current ECU student-athletes for the use of their name, image, and likeness. 100% of your contribution to Team Boneyard will go to NIL Opportunities for current ECU student-athletes. For more info and to contribute, visit teamboneyard.org. Big thanks today to Jeremy Lewis for being on the show. Stay tuned. Inside ECU Athletics with uh, Coach Mike Houston is coming up next, and we'll be back tomorrow with our Houston Huddle right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We are Put on my blue suede shoes and I'm